Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, this is Stuart Roberts, founder of Haircuts for Homeless, and welcome to the Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm going to be talking to people who are truly inspirational to me, some you may have heard of, and some you haven't, but you really need to hear their story. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast, um, back from a short break, um, but less than that, that's that's a story for another day. <laughs> I've had a lot going on. But today, and which I'm really looking forward to, first first session back is with a lovely lady called um, Daniel Thomas. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Well, I've invited you on because you came on a wonderful recommendation from a, my, one of my you're not supposed to have favourites. One of my favourite guests, uh, she must be great because she's been on twice, um, Jodie Keegans, who's, um, would you say, a domestic abuse survivor? Is that is that a term? I think that's a term she likes. And uh, she, she, she sort of met you recently and she was blown away by you. And if she's blown away by you, I know I'm going to be. But I won't waffle on too much longer. I'll just say... That uh, if you could uh, take me back, you know, what part of the country was you born? What was your childhood? And then take me through your story, and then tell me about your imagine project after that. Um, well, I'll I'll, I'll start somewhere. <laughs> um, I was raised in um, a little village, uh, just the one side of Doncaster, a little pit village called Harworth. Right. Um, grew up. I grew up a council child. Um, Love my wimpy warrior roots. <laughs> Out from morning till night. A um, little bit of a bugger at school, can I say? Um, yeah. Education-wise, um, I went to college, kind of followed my footsteps that way. Um, Realised that when I'd set up my own family, that there was either going to work and paying for a childminder and not seeing my child or thinking of another way to be able to incorporate it all. So I decided that I needed to set up as a childminder. That way I could be at home with my own children and still make a living, be, make a living. Because obviously, as some people know, once you're in a family, there isn't much support or help out there no. with regards to financial. You're kind of left on your own because there's two wages coming in. Um, so that's what we did. Um, unfortunately, my child's father's relationship broke down um I carried on uh, being a childminder um, then decided when the girls had got to kind of full-time school I went back into what they call adult uh, work not adult industry but <laughs> adult job <laughs> back to the office environment I didn't have childcare to pay for obviously working with a little bit more flexible um and that's where we went um I ended up working for a couple of years and then, unfortunately, my mental health struggled. Um, I had tried to address some childhood issues um, that kind of got out of hand. Um, and then I went into another relationship, which, unfortunately, right. pretty fast didn't turn out very well. Right. So that's in a nutshell. Right. That was a journey to that point. So 
Is this the is this the is this the relationship that I read about on it is, yeah. website? Yeah. Do you, do you want to tell me about that? Yeah, it was um, a really whirlwind romance, to be honest. He kind of pursued me for quite a few months, but there was a bit of an age gap. So I was always kind of put off that by that. I was very flattered. He was a very good looking guy. He was local to the same village as me. So I knew of him, but not him personally. Again, with the age difference, we didn't cross paths or as such. Um it kind of pursued me that little bit more, which, I, again, I found quite flattering. Obviously, I was a newly turned early 30s woman being wooed by a young guy. It, it was nice. So I agreed. He came around for a cup of tea. And kind of from that moment, he had his feet under the table and never laughed. Right. You say that whirlwind, have it? In these stories, I've, I've, I've come across quite a few now. They often seem to be like this whirlwind romance. Yeah, they kind of know what to say to you. I like to think I'm a very, or most people will, will tell you that I'd probably be quite, I'm quite standoffish or I appear to be very independent, don't take, not, not shit from anybody, but, you know, I kind of sail through life just doing my own little thing. Mm. Um, and like I said, he 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 swooped me off my feet. It was lovely. It, it was full of compliments. He kind of he knew little bits about me. Kind of like I look back now, thinking, not like I don't want to use the word stalked, but he must have done a little bit of digging to find out details about my family, about my upbringing, what I liked, what I didn't like. He, he knew enough about me without me telling him. Yeah, I th- I, um, yeah. It, and then it's quite a natural thing, isn't it? For they seem to know exactly the right thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, we shared a few, like I said, I, uh, previously, I'd have tried to address some childhood issues that that didn't go to plan, and obviously, getting to know him. I confided little bits in him, he shared things with me, and I kind of felt like we had a connection on on some like kind of personal trauma should I say Mm. so that kind of felt like oh my god maybe we are made for each other you know this is my soulmate has has come but or now I think back and I'm like is that just the bullshit that I was fed to get my hook that little bit deeper to get me that reeled in that little bit more yeah um obviously I'll never know because I I don't want to ask them questions I don't want to ever speak to them again so no no and maybe, see, maybe, maybe that that what what was said was true, because some people uh, go through trauma and then repeat it. Some people yeah, don't. Some some people, you know, I, I had my own childhood trauma, um, and I'm lucky that I managed to sort of deal with it and 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 not that affects me later in life. But you know, yeah. some people don't, and and you know, they repeat the process. Again, I think you are definitely right. It doesn't excuse that behaviour. No. Um, but, it, again, it's a question that I'll never get the answer to. No. Um, and like like I said, within, I'd say, three, four months of very intense, full-on, overloading love, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say, it, it then very quickly turned very dark. Mm. within like a blink of an eye there was no drugs involved there was no drink involved it was all done 
out of sane mind as I pass it as. And the first incident was we was asleep in bed one night, must have been about two o'clock in the morning, and I was just woken up with him on top of me, literally just pummeling shit out of me because he'd been on my phone. Uh, read messages from I don't know three four years previously just from people that we knew in mutuals there was nothing in the messages but because I'd had conversations with these people he didn't like that mm. uh, and that was that was the start and obviously people always say oh that's when you should have got out yeah I probably should have but in that instant you in my words and a lot of others describe it you've already brainwashed you're already in that that, that bubble that, uh, mm. right, I believe you, it's a one-off, you know, they're so apologetic the next day, it, oh, it's because I love you so much, it was my jealousy, it proves how much I love you, I don't want to lose you. So you think, I can, all right, then we'll excuse it this one time. Mm. And, and then it slips into another time and then you start walking on eggshells and it just becomes unbearable. Mm. Um, that, that from other stories I've heard, I mean, sometimes it built up, so it'd be, you know, a push or a shove or a, a, a slap or something, but you all sounded quite intense straight from the beginning. There was nothing previous to that. There was no arguing. There was no dispute. It was literally that one night that I woke up to him literally just punching the fuck out of me. Mm. Excuse my French, but that that's the only way I can put it. It's okay, we all speak French, that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, and it's it's so, to me, from, from outside looking in, it, it's almost like that must have been really bubbling, like that rage must have been bubbling under the surface. You know, all that time, all, all the time, is like, all that love was being put on you, that rage is bubbling away underneath and it's yeah. just that little thing for it to pour out and, and like you said it weren't like it was just an explosive argument or it was just something completely out of the blue I was completely unexpected of it I was I was asleep <laughs> yeah. so I, I had no way to defend myself or, or or anything it was there was no what is this message? Where's this message from? Was there anything else in this message? Did you meet up? It was literally, I've read this and I'm just going for it. Yeah. And then it got to times where he'd, he'd play really bad mind games, where he'd come up and he'd be like, oh, you're so beautiful, like walking up to him like, babe, come here, come here. And then whack, straight round face. N no reason, no, no nothing. Again, no drugs, no drink. Wow. And and just and just I don't know, kind of shrug it off, laugh it off. How did that and make you feel? Like shit. Yeah. Like, sorry. That's <laughs> okay. That's okay. It's it's fine. It's I'm fine. not crying because it hurts me. There's, there's still the element of embarrassment, shame. Yeah. For for put, for kind of putting up with it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there was times I did try to to end the relationship and it was always met with more violence. And yeah. because I don't have a big supportive network around me, it was yeah. kind of like, who are you going to get? Your dad and your brother-in-law. 
I'll, I'll beat them up as well. And obviously, you don't want to be, I know what it's capable of, and I don't want to involve or put anybody else yeah. at risk. People watching, you know, they, you know, they're going to ask those things. They're going to, people, that's what people do. But people don't realise that, that, you know, the, the hold that someone can have over you. Over and over. I, I will hold my hand up fully. Ten years ago, you'd have said to me, "What would you do if your boyfriend ever you up?" And I, I would tell them to fuck off straight away. I'd be gone. I yeah. would not put up with that until you are in that situation. Until you have been brainwashed or broken down to absolute nothing, because they take away your identity. I, I used to do pole fitness, and to start with, he was like, "Wow, it's amazing." Obviously, it's a sport. He was into his sport. Yeah. I was praised on my strength, my ability, my dedication. Yeah. And very quickly that turned into only slags do that. You're a slag. Yeah. All your mates are slag can't do it. You're not going to that no more. So that was squashed. That network of people were pushed away from me. I was isolated from them. Then it was they'd start on my very small friend like circle of close friends that they'd start drip feeding the ideas into you that they're no good for you, they're jealous of you, they're, they're trying to do this. And, and before you know it, you do, you slowly absorb it and without you even being aware that you are absorbing it. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 very, it, it's very calculated and, and, and effective, you know, that, the, as you say, the drip feeding uh, that breaks down your self-esteem. Um, and and it, it's no mean threat because if someone, if someone has, has, has put violence on you and then threatened your loved ones with violence, you believe they're going to carry it out? Yeah. I mean, most times, most times they wouldn't, you know, because they're, you know, there's these generally a cowardly thing that they do and um, confronted by, you know, another man or something, they often they, they back down. Sometimes not. Sometimes they're very violent people. But you're, the, the thing for you at the time is, as you say, the only network you've got that you're going to maybe deal with is is your family, and you don't want to inflict that on them. And it's, it's yeah. you know, it, it, it's while you're in that, you can't look. You're so you're so focused inside it, you can't see outside it. You know, you can't see that maybe a call to the police is the thing that's going to end it all. You know, because it's like. You do that, I'm going to do this. Yeah, and I think because I kind of grew up, like I said, I didn't. I don't want to bring my parents down because uh, they're not here to defend themselves. I know I'm well within my right to speak about my childhood, but I didn't have the best upbringing. Um, there was a lot of drugs and drink involved with my parents. Right. And it was kind of, where am I going with this? It was kind of like, is this the norm? My mum and dad were quite... Um, were quite volatile to each other the families around me as I grew up were quite volatile to each other mm. and obviously back then if the police were called it was always oh it's domestic we can't deal with that and I hadn't realized yeah. that that had changed over time now yeah. and that it's not classed as just domestic anymore it is a no. violent and even the coercive control the financial control yeah. not just the violent side of it every aspect of it now is is a legal matter. You are not, you cannot do that, man or woman. No. no. Whatever you identify as, you should not live in fear, and yeah. love should not hurt. Yeah. No. Oh, that's cool. What a soundbite. You know that. That. You know, God, if 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 
if anything comes from this conversation, love should not hurt. You know, yeah, well, it's, 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 you know, that sums it all up, doesn't it? Like, you know, you, you, it should be a mutual exchange of respect. Um, yeah. And, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a lot older than you, but uh, I, I, you know, it was always... No, I, I, was, I was 60 recently. Yeah, I managed oh, wow. it. Managed it. I got to 60. There's <laughs> a lot of people thought I wouldn't, you know, and, uh, even including me, but I managed it. And, you know, but going back, you know, it was, oh, yeah, police, they're, they're not interested. That's a domestic. I completely understand that. And you carry that through. But, the, the, you know, it's taken very, very seriously. Even if there's not a, a violent incident, coercive yeah. control, you know, is taken very, very seriously now. It is definitely. If you've got if you've got the courage to stand to speak up, um, they will take action against someone who's being like that, you know. And the support out there that I realise now is is second to none. Mm. The I know I have within my experience, I didn't have the best experience, say, with social services, which I know a lot of women and men do fear that is the biggest fear of leaving a relationship is the dreaded social services which now i can say i do understand they are there for the voice of the children and the children only and them children or all children need to have that independent safe voice yeah and i do get that now i don't still agree with the process that was what happened but I do understand they did it for the interest of my girls because we were separated. My girls went to their paternal dad while because we weren't allowed to stay in the house. We weren't allowed to stay in the area. We had to move. But rather than us going to refuge together and putting the girls through that as well, it was, I was told I'd put them in danger so they had to go and stay with their dad until I'd found us somewhere else. Sorry, you, you were told that you'd put your children in danger? Yeah. Yeah. Why the social services? Why social services? Even having a domestic abuse worker say to them, "You you do understand the impact of domestic abuse," and it was just a kind of. But obviously, that's. I can now say I believe that's to the individual, not a social services as a whole. Right. I just believe I may have been unlucky to have have had that social worker. Yeah, because I have spoke to others and they are fantastic. They are yeah. absolutely out of this world. Yeah, because it, it, for your case, for your instance and your experience, to be told that um, that you've put your children in danger because of your yeah. violent partner, like straight away to me, I'm thinking, what what on earth are you talking about? Right? Yeah, and 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 I'm thinking of reasons as, a, as going back to reasons not to end in a relationship. Well, if if the chances are that you're going to have your children taken away. It's another reason not to inform yeah, the service. Because, because you'll think, well, I'll, I'll tough it out for my kids. I don't want to split me, you know. It's another reason not to report this. It is. To, to me, I, it's horrific. I was told that I, could I have um, done background checks and asked for checks, I'd have been told to stay well away from this individual. But I, back then, I think Claire's law had only been out maybe 18 months. Yeah. So it wasn't even a talked about thing that you could go and have checks. Normally, you're told, oh, sorry, I can't disclose that to you, even if we could. 
even if we yeah. wanted to, we can't expose yeah. that to you. Yeah, you can't even you can't even take your kids to the doctors now if they're over eighteen because you know they're adults; they're not allowed to talk about yeah. them. And you know you can't. There's these things that you that that. Which I was kind them. of damned if I did and damned if I didn't. So yeah. yeah, but I'm glad that there's more in the last four years since my case. Yeah, I'm glad that it there has been so much more awareness, so much more stigma stigma removed. Yeah, uh, the support out there has been increased tenfold. Yeah. So where did where did it go from there then? So we you, you've got to the point where that first attack happened, but then you know how long did it go on for? Where, where did it? Where, where um, did it? Some say I was lucky. Um, I only had to endure it for about eleven months. And the last episode um, was where he he held me hostage for three days oh. and literally. Battered me every day. I was beat with an iron bar, given lashings, as he was, as he said, across my my arse. Many people have seen in the paper, and I was told repeatedly, "You can have five lashings, or your head shaved. Five lashings, or you walk down the street naked. Five lashings, or we see how far we can get this bar inside you." And I was just after, I'd say it's probably the first three or four. It were kind of like I was just like just just hit me, you know. I, I hope he whatever's in his head, or he'll get bored of it, you know. When he'll have enough, and we'll move on. I don't know. We'll move on to doing something else, smashing house up again. But like he tipped paint all over me, just degrading stuff. Um, made me lick paint off the floor. Again, smashed my absolute my house, my pride and joy, my safe space. Mm. To absolute smithereens, there weren't anything left of it. Um, just I don't know. It was more the mind gamey stuff, ripping mm. up kids' photos, and mm. I don't know. The first night he made my my little girl like watch, she was petrified, um, and she really suffered after all this. Um, mm. And again, this was all. No drugs, no drink. We went to bed still early hours of the morning, woke up the next day, and it just started again. Kicking me, smashing mirrors over me. I'm screaming at him saying, you're going to kill me. Like, I, I, like, how far are you going to take this? I, I didn't ever fight back, which some people say, why didn't you fight back? And I just thought, it might sound really vain, but my only thing used to be was just to cover my face so the kids didn't see me with, you know, black eyes or big, thick lips. Yeah. I'd rather have took the beatings and hair pullings and rib kickings and have the bruises that I could cover rather than have to explain these big bruises on my face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and luckily, it was, it started the Sunday night. And it was, again, over a message from probably about seven years previously. This is how obsessed it must have been of going through. And by this point, I didn't have a phone. I weren't allowed a phone. No. I had um, an Actel just in case school needed to contact me. But again, that was monitored. Right. But he had my Facebook on his phone. Um. So he, he, I think he just became obsessed with with searching through messages, searching people to see if we'd ever messaged. And it it just became 
I don't know and I don't understand why it became because I was always very honest about I don't know who I'd been with in the past I, I was always I am an open person I yeah. don't see the point in lying it doesn't get you anywhere no no and like I said, we were from the same village. So if you wanted to know anything that much, yeah, it, we're from a small village. You know what it's like. You, you do something one end, and it's tripled by the time you get to other end of your village. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know where that jealousy came from. I would never gave him the impression. Like I said, we was never separated. We was always together. Yeah, it's never going to be enough. No. It would, you know, there's nothing, nothing you could have done that would have been enough. But it weren't even like it got to a point where, because I was in a three-story house, the living room was in the middle. If I was cleaning the kitchen, he had to be with me downstairs because someone might come to the back door. Yeah. And it's like I'm I'm cleaning up, and it, it uh, he just had to be with me at all times. It, it's, it's it's such a, a case of you know strong mental illness. You're talking about real mental illness that this person's got. Now, I don't mean that to, to justify it because I can't justify it. There's things I can justify in life. I can never justify any of this. And, it, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can understand that people people can't forgive, you know, this type of thing. Um, but it, it's just utter, sheer and utter mental illness. It's not a normal human being. Who treats no. another human being like this? You know, like someone. If you said I was, like, I was considered lucky for three eleven year, eleven months. It's, that's you, what you lived for eleven months is like someone else having a, enjoyed eleven years of. You know, because it's that intense. Mm. And, and, but then and, I say I'm very lucky that I didn't have children to him. I feel yeah. them poor, poor women and men who yeah. have to then continue that mm. I, I feel lucky that I have got to step away and try to re completely rebuild my life yeah so I suppose what some consider lucky others don't no no not not at all and um it's it's all relative to each other and it you know people um say oh I've not I've, I, you know I've there's people worse off than me but it, it's your stuff it's relative to you That's at the it. time yes you know so this this went on for it started the Sunday. It went on for three days. Yeah, um, we took my youngest to school the Monday morning. Um, luckily, um, the girl's dad's mum worked at school, so I kind of dropped him off. I did have a black eye. I was my ribs. I think I'd, I must have had a couple of broken ribs by that point already. Yeah, I'd had a mirror already smashed over my head. Obviously, she was traumatised, but I just wanted to get her out of the situation yeah. people say to me, why did you not stay in the school it was like well he was outside the school the last thing I wanted was him started screaming and traumatising even more kids yeah. you know I'm at, I'm at a school I needed to get my kids safe and yeah. well I, I, I didn't even think about me it was just I needed to get her safe and I needed to try and sort the situation that's it Yeah. Um, so yeah I went back and it it just continued, just more sadistic as as the day went on. And every night that I laid next to him, just praying to God that I was like, there was even one point I thought to myself, I hope he does actually just kill me because I, yeah. I, I don't want to go through this no more. Like how 
how much longer do I have to endure this? When is he going to get bored or like when's enough? When is enough enough? Yeah. But no, it, it continued, like I said, for three days until my girl's dad raised the alarm and some support workers came to the door and they made it known that they weren't going to go away until we answered both cars were on the drive. So the Nubu was home. Yeah. And I suppose he weren't the smartest uh, of them all. And he was just like, go to the door and get rid of him. Um, he said, you best just get rid of him. And obviously by this point, I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit down. I, I had a broken jaw. Obviously, I didn't know at this point, but I, I was just an absolute mess. I had paint in my hair because I'd had it tipped all over me. I was only allowed a three-minute shower. It was So I went to the door. All I had on was my dressing gown, literally nothing underneath. I opened the door a tiny bit, and, and they just looked at me. And I think their faces said it all. Yeah. And they just said, are you safe? And I, do, I couldn't speak, I couldn't do it. And I just broke down and they just took me. And that was it. I just literally left that house in just my dressing gown. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. Yeah. And I don't know, it was relief, but yeah. also fear of what what's going to happen next. Mm. Yeah, and that's your was, home. That he'd come yeah. into your home. So even though someone can understand you, oh, we find you're free, but you've left your home with yeah. him in there. Yeah. Um, the police were called. Um, it was all a big whirlwind after this. And yeah. I think it was, I'm kind of glad that it was kind of took out of my control. Yeah. Um, there was no, would you like to press charges? Because I probably would have said no for the fear of what the repercussions were going to be. Yeah. It was kind of took out of my hands. I was taken to a safe house, then taken to hospital. The next morning, I went for my video interview. He was arrested that night. Uh, luckily, was remanded straight away. Right. And then, obviously, that's when I was social services got involved. That after my video interview, um, we were told we weren't allowed to return to the house. Um, yeah. I could see the girls, but it had to be a mutual ground on mutual ground. Um, or at a friend's house or my sister's house under no circumstances could they return back because obviously the house was literally fully destroyed there was yeah. nothing the fridge the washer cupboard doors pain there was no doors left holding what it ripped all the banisters out yeah. all the wardrobes every tv there was nothing left nothing the only thing that was left was the beds and the sofa nothing else the absolute rage of, of that you can't think a human being can can reach that level of rage. Over what I believe to be absolutely nothing. I it could was, understand. It was nothing. Well, no, I couldn't even understand, but I could probably maybe slightly more understand if I'd cheated or if yeah. I had done something to him, you know, to give him a reason yeah. or a cause. But in my eyes, there the, the weren't anything. Oh. And I'm sure in many women's eyes that it happens to, they don't do nothing wrong. It's it's something up there in them. But you could have, if you, you know, you're saying about reasons, you could have slept with every man in the village. It still wouldn't relate to, to that. There's nothing you could do that would make that okay. None, nothing. You know, let alone an, an old message or 
But that's the levels of stop doing your hair. <laughs> I was like, oh. Just because I'm an hairdresser, you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> no, it's it's so what what happened after that then, you know, once once he'd been arrested and he was in remand. Um obviously I was told that I was returning back to this hay house alone without my kids and it was my fault Um, and I shamefully tried to take my life well it's 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 I don't know about shamefully I think it's um it's it's a desperate it's a desperate measure in it you know that, that you couldn't have been thinking rationally at that point you, oh, you, no, definitely not. You, you, you know, there's, there's only so much you can take when you can't take no more. And it's understandable at that point. You felt you couldn't take no more. I think it was just that, obviously, all the adrenaline had gone. So I yeah. was feeling every bruise, every break. Every, I had six broken ribs, broken jaw. It, I, I was a mess. Obviously, I, I couldn't even sit down because my, my bum was that bruised. Yeah. Um, and then obviously not having my kids, making the shame and the guilt of yeah of losing your kids. But well, I didn't lose them, but yeah, kind of yeah. I had no home. It was like, what do I do from here? Yeah. So I was sectioned. Um, luckily, I was found in time. Obviously, because I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it worked my time to go. No. Um, and I was sectioned uh, for two months. Um, which I needed, I think, definitely needed. Yeah, yeah, it sounds harsh for you to then be sectioned, you know, but if, if you was in danger, like a danger to yourself, that's what that's for, isn't it, I suppose? I think it was more, I felt I felt really bad for the kids. Of course. You know, kind of mum's been whipped away. They both, it's hard for me to say one of them experienced more than the other because that, that's unfair to say that. Yeah, Ella saw the last bit and was traumatised by that, bless her. Mm. But equally, they, they both suffered the same. They both lost mum. They both didn't know what had happened. Oh. Our house had gone. We were told that we weren't allowed to go back there. We weren't even allowed to stay in the area that we knew. We we had to just completely relocate. Right. But we didn't know where we were relocating to or when that would be. So everything was just a massive, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I know councils and things try and do as much as they can, but yeah. the demand out there is just too much, trying to get private rented because I weren't then working by that time. Mm. Um, I had nobody to be a guarantor, so trying to get private rent is obviously a lot more expensive as well. Mm. It was just, it, it seemed an impossible task that I, had, I didn't know how to get out of. And that's when, luckily, I had some fantastic charities step in. Mm. Some local charities to where I live, like Riverside, um, the IDVA service um, were amazing. Mm. The support that I had were, was second to none from the police Again, they didn't keep me fully up to date, but I think that was for my own good. Yeah. Um, I wasn't stable enough to to know the ins and outs of what he was saying. It didn't. I didn't need to know what he was saying. No. All I needed to concentrate on was 
was staying strong in my own recovery. Yes. Um, so you did you then go from a, a safe house to did you finally get your own place? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. I went from the safe house to the ward, but for being sectioned, yeah. and then I went from the ward into temporary private accommodation until we we eventually got a council house, which which I'm in now, Fantastic. which we relocated. Um, the girls still go to the same school. I do a hundred miles a day school trip. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I didn't think it was fair uprooting the girls from where they lived and all their friends and then to take them from their school and all their friends and obviously it was kind of with my mental health was it better that they stayed there because it was closer to dad for if I did have a wobble again or anything was going to happen to me I had to think of them and me doing 100 miles a day good thinking time we have good car discos good discussions good (laughs) debates (laughs) we get everything off our chest in that time to school (laughs) so how long does it take Uh, about a two hour round trip it's 40 minutes there 40 minutes back but obviously if we hit a bit of traffic turnaround time yeah of course yeah and then back again at the end of school at the end of school yeah right so (laughs) that's quite a journey the girls Um, uh, the little one sleeps most of the time, though, bless her. Did she? What, what, um, I'm sorry, I've just, I've got, I've got to have a drink. No, no, it's a warm day, you keep hydrated. <laughs> and, uh, it's not the, it's, trust me, it's not the weather. <laughs> it's your story. Um, it's bringing up everything. Um, but it's, I've, I've got to say at this point that those charities are, are, are incredible, aren't they? And, and so they crucial. Are. Because without that, what where would you have been? Without those That's charities. It. And there are so many support networks out there. Yeah. If you have no idea where to go, your local council is definitely should be your first point of call. Yeah. They will signpost you to any local charities that are available. They have their own in-house teams. Yeah. Um obviously then if your support, whether you go through the court process or whether you don't go through the court process, yeah. there is support out there for you, no matter yeah. what you decide to do. And that's it. That's crucial information for people to know, because that you know maybe that's the first thing. They won't think to go to ch- to the council, you know. But you know, yeah, it, it, you need to find out where these things are. And I'm I'm so glad that our local council are so passionate about campaigns that they run i'm sure other councils are but i can only speak for my local council yeah. and they are fantastic the workers that they have are all dedicated to what they do they're passionate about what they do their hearts are in the right place yeah and i believe all of them go above and beyond that their line of duty yeah. well they have the ones that i've worked with me anyway or the professionals i've worked with with regards to the campsite of things yeah yeah, I mean, I, the, the, those charities, I, I, I've got quite a lot of relationships with different ones around the country, um, and I've, I've visited many of those. And with Haircuts for Homeless, a lot of the time, it all seems to be all about homeless centres. But over the years, there's there's ones we go to, and sometimes they're, as you say, you know, they're safe houses, so we don't advertise that we're there. Sometimes they're sort of a crossing point, so we can um, yeah, but the, you know, so unfortunately, 
I've heard so many stories like yours. You know, I'd love to say that, that, that you know, this is an isolated incident. But I'm meeting so many women and um, each one, it breaks my heart. I'm cutting, I'm cutting someone's hair and they're telling me and it breaks my heart, you know, um, that, that, that this is going on. And, um, but I have to really say that the charities are amazing and these safe houses and, you know, I, I work with all sorts of different ones and, um, but it, I never take any of it for granted, you know, because it's so right. special. When you know, because as you, you you know, go and get your head. I know you only do it once a year, but go and get your head. <laughs> you come out feeling a million dollars. So you know, and if we come at that point where someone's at the very lowest they can be, that that can make the difference of them feeling better about themselves. So you know, it can, and obviously it can give you a, a feel of a a whole new identity if you go yeah go crazy for something radical and change. Yeah. It, it, it can it can make you feel like a whole different person so yeah yeah i definitely think that side of things but with regards to the refuges the local ones around here or any up and down the country yeah. they are so important these are saving people's lives these people are running for their lives yeah not just for the sake of it because they don't want to be in just a relationship that they can't say no to that this is their lives that they're talking about their children's lives yeah it's serious shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's you know that's 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 why they need as, as much backup and support as as they can get uh, for everyone to back them. You know, because some of these are very small independent charities as well, so they they're running on a shoestring like most charities are. So they, they need all the help they can get. Um, so let's let's now. <laughs> I think we really went there and I really appreciate you taking us there because you wouldn't understand it otherwise and I really appreciate you sharing that um but then it led you to this so you've gone from there and you've you've got your your council place and that so what led you then to this wonderful project that you're doing it it took me a while I struggled really hard for two years after yeah. after the incident I completely lost myself didn't know what I was doing yeah. and something I think I was speaking to another survivor in I think it might have been like a crisis house right. made last year that I'd gone to for a couple of days because I was having another wobble yeah. and she was uh, she was up one night with me she was the night worker and she was up one night with me and she started telling me about her personal story and hers was horrific, awful. And I kind of sat there and something just clicked in my head that just said to me, if this lady can do it and still make a difference, not only to her own life, but to other people's, yeah. what? why can't I? I've always been passionate about mental health. I've always been passionate about empowering other women. You know, I, I, I'm quite proud to say I'm a bit of a feminist. Yeah. Um, with like obviously I do pole fitness and that's all about empowerment yeah so I've always been passionate in that side of things and I thought well what's missing and I thought well I felt very much alone and I don't want anybody else to feel like that and then I thought about my child minding background and me and my girls are passionate about the outdoors and we love to camp it's the only time that they never argue so we used to do well we still do do loads of camping and I thought it was kind of like just a light bulb moment I thought well what if I could provide like a a summer camp for, for these families that are going through it, but kind of offer them a bit of 
uh, motivational speaking, yoga, mindfulness, um, reflexology, all the kind of stuff that coincides with your medication and your counselling side of stuff, which they can access without any waiting list. You can access a lot of it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so I kind of thought, could I tick all the boxes? And and that's where it kind of started. And from that point, I can say that if I've ever be, come up against an obstacle, I've always had not just anybody to help me out. It always seems to be like the creme de la the creme of that area wants to yeah. help me. Yeah. So I've been so fortunate that every step of the way, it's just grown and grown and grown. And I am to the point now that we're five weeks into camps um, yeah. we've had lots of different families we've still got families coming yeah um and the feedback that i'm having is better than i could ever imagine yeah seeing them happy kids faces and in turn if you're a parent you'll know no matter how shitty your day is you see your kids genuinely having fun yeah. even if in that five minutes that feeling you get inside is tremendous yeah and i if I can provide that to even just one of the families for three times, five minutes over that weekend, all the stress that I've gone through will be well worth it. Yeah. And the feedback that I've had, like we've had a lot of children on the spectrum with sensory issues who have come out of the shells, even just in a weekend, you know, just being in that environment of it's just tranquil but with yeah. educational activities in there to yeah. keep them stimulated. And it, it is, it's beautiful. It really has been, it's not work. It, it It's just getting to hang out with lovely families. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And and so this is the first camp. This is, you know. Yeah, this is our first year. First year. And you, you yeah. know it's going to go on, don't you? You know, you just know I, it's going to. I'd love to think that, I don't know, in 10 years' time, I've got a couple up and down the country. Yeah. And I've tried to make it glamping for the, for, I say mums because I have only done mums this year because of my lack of experience, I'll say, in yeah. getting the right volunteers. But next year I will be opening up to male-only family camps. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to ensure that everybody had the same experience with the same professional volunteers. Yeah. I didn't want it just to be a rushed thing that the men come to and these and the women get all these fandangled i don't know like seminars or whatever or uh, sessions yeah i wanted to make it beneficial for both um so moving forward yeah i've made it glamping for them and a proper adventure camp for the kids yeah um and it and it seems to like i said that the feedback that i've had is is fantastic well, I know, and you know, I got it from from Jodie herself, and she was just so blown away by it. She said, "You got to speak to this woman." <laughs> <laughs> and it, obviously, it, that that to me, just that one bit of feedback is yeah. is worth it. If Jodie and her her family took anything away from it, yeah, that that's what it's there for. I've had messages from the mums who came for the first like the first couple of weeks saying the behaviour of the children and the calmness of the children has continued, which then has made it where mum wants to go out more and do more with the kids, which then again has another knock-on effect that the kids see that they're getting to do more, which is then making them even better, yeah. you know, because they're thinking that obviously this positiveness is is just continuing. 
Yeah. And like I said, that there are going to be the times like I still have massive days where I go straight back down, but yeah. I just don't stay there as long. My my time down there is is luckily getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. Um. But like I said, that the, the feedback is better than I could ever imagined. And in ten years, I want them up and down country because I think yeah. it's so beneficial. Why not? Why not? It's a it's an amazing idea. I don't know of another one. So why not? It, it, it's needed and as you say you can't beat yourself up too much that it's this is the first one it's a, a women only camp and you know we do know it, it, it this affects all you know all sexes all genders and yeah. uh, uh, and sexualities and all that these these relationships um so there is a need for it but you have to start somewhere you know and as was started with me cutting some homeless people's hair where i live and it evolved and then you know i didn't know that it would we'd, we'd go to places where you know, women's refugees or we would go to ex-offenders places, as bridging places. And and on Monday next week, I'm going to a, a place where um, the, the the sex workers go for a respite and, you know, a day of safe place. And yeah. I, you know, I didn't dream I'd be working like that. But it, it, it's amazing because everyone, we're all humans yeah. and we all need a bit of love and tenderness. That's all we need, you know. It's, we need some food and we need some oxygen and we need it, but we all desperately do need some love and tenderness and it can come from someone listening, talking, touching, you know. The fact that some people that I, I work with have not been touched for such a long time, you know, and you're, 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 you're just, it, it's so important and... Um, what you're doing is so unique and important. I can see it really, really being a success. And I can I can see the good it's doing you because I know the good what I yeah. did does me. You're so much selfish. That is exactly what I was just about to say. I feel in a in a way I've done this on a selfish way because it <laughs> I've done this to aid my own recovery as well and my yeah. girls' recovery. Like yeah. my youngest, well, both girls now say to me, and she turned around and said, because she got really bad OCD at one point, and it weren't the ritualistic cleaning, it was the more, if I don't do a task, mum or dad or my best friends are going to get hurt or they're going to die. Yeah. So for a little 11-year-old to have that on her shoulders, mm. now she turns around, she's like, you know, if anybody, or I hear the word domestic abuse or or that certain name, She's like, I don't think about him no more or his face doesn't come up. She said, I think about all the fun that we have at camp and how many people were helping and and the good that we're doing. And I'm like, that to me is, it speaks for itself. I, I don't need to do no more. Um, and like I said, like you said, it it's helping me massively. Yeah. yeah. It does. It, it's, it's, recent years I've gone through the most traumatic things and, um, What's helped me straight is the work. I go to a homeless centre. I was I was somewhere Friday night and um, I really was feeling a bit low. And I got in there and I was on I was on fire. I was cutting hair. We'd done twenty hair cuts, two of us, you know. Wow. And I was like bang, bang, bang. But I, I <laughs> everything went. Yeah. You know? And and every time someone's oh thank you very much. Sometimes they're not even speaking my language. They just touch their heart. Oh, for, you know. I thank you. You know what they're saying. You know yeah. what they mean. You know, and um, yeah, I can really, really see that this is so beneficial for you. And I suppose the same with you is, I just don't want anybody to feel like they're alone. 
Because that feeling of feeling alone in this world is the most awful feeling you can ever have. Yeah. If I can help one person not feel like that. Yeah. That's enough. Danielle, you'll you'll never be alone again now. (laughs) I've got my girls, I'll never be alone. You'll never be alone again. And the more this grows, the less that's ever likely to happen again. Because you're going to surround yourself with like-minded people you all come together and i'm sure that um i'm gonna i'm gonna share the share this out as much as possible you know like when when we put the podcast out i'll I'll get all the links off you and we'll you know we'll we'll share the 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 project out um and get people behind it because it it's it's such a wonderful thing it's a sim the best ideas are the simple ideas and yeah, and, it's just a simple and that's thing. what people say to me are oh, um, like obviously the cost wise for setting up the project. Yeah. Now that the expense of the equipment is out of the way, it's actually a pretty cheap thing to keep going. Yeah. Because obviously it's just a beautiful, great outdoors. Yeah. A good company. So and easily and replicable. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I I wish you every success. Um, I think I need to go and have a lay down now. <laughs> You've worn oh, me I'm out. Sorry, but You've emotionally worn me out. But, well, uh, I do apologise. Thank you. No, for no, don't, oh, please never apologise. And, and the thing is, Daniel, it's um, it's just a privilege, you know, to hear someone's story. And I, I'm really grateful for you to share it like that. And um, it, it's 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 something people. You know, you're going to help a lot more people, you know, as far as we can share this podcast. You will undoubtedly help so many people with your story because it's a story of hope because things happen in life, we get things, but it's not what we're dealt with, it's how we deal with them, yeah, you know. Definitely. And you're moving forward and, and, and you're doing that. And, and I really, really respect you and everything you're doing. So I've got to stop now because otherwise I'll end up going on and on. <laughs> But I really appreciate it. And, um, no, you. you know, everyone, the links that are next to this, that are underneath this podcast, make sure you click on it, make sure you follow the story and make sure you share it to everyone. That's the important thing. Share the message out. Um, and so uh, I'll leave it at that. That's Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.